kind of a dream. It was this dream of what we could create for this one-time event um, that all of a sudden was possible. And so for me, the Literacy Conference is one of those magical and wonderful memories I have. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. There are a handful of traditional conferences in our field, and one of the most popular is getting in touch with literacy. As word spread that this could be the last year, it was recommended we interview the event founders. Given they spent an hour talking to us about how much this conference means to them, we have another two-parter. It's always a treat to sit down with Dr. Kay Holbrook and Janie Blome. Expertise and perspective I would dare cut off. Uh, so I'm Kay Holbrook. Uh, right now I am a professor at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Um, but when I start talking about my background, I always start with that I am a teacher of the visually impaired at heart and was a teacher of the visually impaired uh, in my early days. I got my undergraduate degree in visual impairment and so have had a lifelong um, interest and commitment to teaching students with blindness and visual impairment. And I was, I, my first job was in South Carolina and then I moved to Georgia. And then I finished my PhD at Florida State and moved immediately to Baltimore. And finally, this was where it gets important, uh, moved to Little Rock in 1989 where I met Janie. And so for this conversation, that's a really important timeline. So I'm Janie Blome, and uh, like Kay, uh, will always be a teacher of the visually impaired at heart. That's where I started and where my heart always is. Um, a little added piece to that for me was a lot of my original work was students in preschool. And I actually, um, my undergraduate degree is in early childhood and got into the blindness field when one of my professors um, from college at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock called and said, they're looking for a preschool teacher at the School for the Blind. And I said, oh gosh, I, you know, I don't know a lot about teaching um, kids who are blind and visually impaired. And he said, well, you probably know more than most of the people they're going to talk to. So go talk to them. And so that's what I did. I started the preschool program at the School for the Blind there in Arkansas, then became um, an outreach consultant in the outreach program and continued to work with kids from birth to five and their families there, did that for many years. Um, and then that's where in 1989, as Kay said, we were able to meet and start to work on things together and sort of the genesis of what we're going to talk about today came from that. Um, I did that for a number of years and then spent a lot of time at APH working with um, EOTs and teacher training at APH. All right. So the Getting in Touch with Literacy Conference. What is it? How did it start? When did it start? What, what can you share about it? I've actually never been. Sadly, I'm embarrassed to admit that because everyone I talk to says it's the best conference that exists. So tell me a little bit about how it came to be. You want, you want to start, Kay? Well, I have a story. 
<laughs> and I, I always say to Janie, can I tell it again? Uh, because it's kind of my memory of how this, how this all happened. And it's, it is kind of fun to know the, you know, the background and the, the backstory of all of this. But I, as I mentioned, I lived in Baltimore prior to moving to Little Rock. And I was a new professor uh, at the time I was at Johns Hopkins uh, University. And um, I started going to professional conferences, but I really had decided that my research agenda was going to be surrounding the issues related to literacy. And so I would go to AER and CEC and loved them. I thought they were fantastic conferences, but I came away um, just thinking that I'd like to have a little bit more information, a lot more information actually on literacy, because I felt like that was the, that was the focus. I wanted to meet the people who were involved in research and in programming for uh, literacy for, for students, uh, who are blind or visually impaired in a lot of different ways. And so I came back to Little Rock and as I, as I was meeting Janie and getting to talk with her, uh, I mean, it's very clear how talented Janie is and how um, skilled she is at organizing. And so I was mentioning to pretty much everybody, I have this idea for this conference and I'd like for it to be really uh, specific to literacy and reading and writing. And, and so I, I said that to many, many people. And finally, this is my big memory. I was walking in the, at the School for the Blind, I was walking down a hallway and Janie was going up some stairs. I think she and I both remember exactly where this mm -hmm. spot was. And I was just walking, do, going to a meeting or something. And she turned to me and she said, Kay, hey, Kay. So I turned around and said, yes. And she said, you know, that idea about the literacy conference, let's do it. And so all of a sudden, it's like the, the clouds broke. Because <laughs> I was able to see that someone who really had those kinds of skills saw value in this as well. And so it, it really took off from there. And we had that first conference in Little Rock, we thought it was going to be a one-time only thing. And so we were just planning for a one-time only event. And uh, Janie and I have so many stories about late night working on the one computer that we had access to was in Bob Brasher's office. And so he would, he'd let us in anytime we wanted to in the evenings and on weekends. And we would just spend hours and hours uh, working on different things for the conference. And so lots of wonderful memories. And it, it, was, it was kind of a dream. It was this dream of what we could create for this one-time event um, that all of a sudden was possible. And so for me, the Literacy Conference is one of the most magical and wonderful memories I have of work that, that I've done and that that I have done in collaboration, especially with Janie, but with other people along the way who, who also saw this dream as, as something valuable. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my story. <laughs> I don't know, Janie, there's different. The moment. We had, we'd been, we had talked about it, you know, back and forth a few times and sort of had some conversations, but that was sort of the moment. And what, 
possessed me to turn around at that particular moment and say, if we're going to do this, let's do it. I don't know, but it did. And I <laughs> turned around and said, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do it. So we had a lot of help from the Arkansas School for the Blind, from the Division of Services for the Blind in Arkansas, from the university, from Arkansas AER, just a lot of folks who helped us out. And, um, you know, I have memories of the um, Division of Services for the Blind buying the AER membership list from the mailing labels. And we had a conference table lined up with all of the registration materials and we were sticking labels on envelopes and folding all those things up and putting putting them uh, out into the, the actual snail mail because that was what we had at that point and so it was just a lot of really um, like Kay said just something magical that we probably had we known what we were getting into I'm not sure we would have gone ahead and done it but we were fortunately ignorant enough to not know that so we just did it and we <laughs> personally signed hotel contracts and then, you know, spent lots of nights up worrying that nobody was going to come and we were going to have to pay for those hotel contracts and all that kind of stuff. But we were very fortunate that it really caught on and people were very supportive and people did come. And I don't know if we're going to get into this a little bit later or not, but we um, actually, Kay, I just found one of the 1993 registration forms and registration, pre-registration was $50. And uh, on-site regular registration was $75 and students and families could come for $30 and we let speakers come for $30. So um, it would, yeah, it's just amazing to me that we ever pulled it off, but we did. And it, we, like I said, we had no idea that anybody would say, think it was something that needed to continue. But unfortunately, Alan Koenig from Texas spoke up and it did continue. And so that's how the whole thing got started. And it really um, kind of, you know, was something that we wanted to be really focused on one topic. And I don't think there were a lot of conferences in the field at that point that focused just on one topic. So it was kind of a different idea to, to think about, you know, you would go, like I said, to, K, to AER, to CEC and go to great presentations, but there was one presentation a day about literacy or you know something like that and so to have this really concentrated um, time to spend looking at literacy from all kinds of directions and we really wanted to be sure that it wasn't just braille literacy but it was you know literacy across the board and to have that time and ability to do that has been really a gift I think to all of us. Well I, I know conference planning is a bear in itself but I can't <laughs> imagine being personally responsible for a hotel contract. That is terrifying. <laughs> It was, like I said, I'm not sure we knew any better. And if we had known better, I'm not sure we'd have done it. But fortunately, it all worked out okay. Well, and it was a different time. It was. It really was a different time. And and Little Rock was the perfect place mm -hmm. to do this. Um, it, it was a community. I felt like, I feel like all of the hotels that we've ever been to really feel like our partners. So we, I, I don't... I don't think they treat us or handle us like they do big corporations. I think they, they almost feel like this is a service, um, a part of their service to the community as well. But Janie, I think the uh, hotel rate was $100 a night. I think it was less than that, actually. Um, the, it was, I think it was like $50 for a single and 65 for two people and 75 for three people. And we had little registration cards. I just found one of those two that were actual physical pieces of paper that we mailed out with that registration stuff for people to fill out and send back into the hotel to make their reservations. <laughs> it was and like, then the, the dinosaurs came. <laughs> Well, 
aside from back when it was a lot more affordable to go to <laughs> conferences, um, can, can you share which one was maybe your favorite that you've put on or even a favorite presentation that maybe you've attended in the, over the years? I think you should start with this one, Janie. <laughs> I, it's hard to pick a single favorite. There are favorite things about a lot of them that, um, of course, I think the one in Little Rock is very near and dear to our hearts because that's where it all started. Um, the one that we did in um, um, San Francisco is one that just kind of really stands out to me. That was a really good one and a, a good, um, it, I think a, a cross-reference of people and a, lot, a good audience and good people who were there. As far as presentations, the one really that stands out to me, there are two things in, in terms of presentations. Um, <clears throat> I think it was in 2005, Kay did a presentation that kind of honored the life and work of Sally, Kane, uh, Sally Mangold and Alan Koenig. And I remember that one just because it was very um, poignant and very personal and very special. Um, Sally did a keynote in Austin in the second one that was, uh, a wild ride for everybody who was there and it was great I mean she was she was Sally and she was full of life and full of energy and full of passion and that was a great presentation to get to see then another thing that that was kind of an impromptu presentation that's one of probably my very favorite moments from the literacy conference when we were in New Orleans there were a group of folks who were presenting at the same time um, another presenter was doing her session and they stopped her as they were coming out of the sessions and said, boy, we really wanted to come. I'm sorry. Our presentation was at the same time. And she literally pulled out all of her stuff right there and did the presentation over again in the hall for them. And to me, that kind of is, is right at the heart of what this, co this conference has always been about. Yeah, I have some pictures of that mm -hmm. because it was so you know, I thought, what are you doing? It was at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, what are you doing? And there was just such excitement around that. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Sally Mangold, um, Sally couldn't come to the first conference, but she sent a beautiful letter um, in support of the conference. And we were so excited to get that letter from Sally Mangold that we printed it in the program, mm -hmm. <laughs> even though it was really just a, a, a letter to us. Um, you know, wishing us good luck. I am very fond of the conference that was previously held in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, the the conference that's coming up, I know we'll we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, is the only one that is going back to a place where we have been before, and so the the was it two thousand seven mm -hmm. um, Florida conference is one of my favorites because. I remember people telling me stories about how that conference was a conference where they met someone that now they're um, partners with. I know um, Penny Rosenblum talks about meeting Tina Hertzberg and walking up and down the beach of um, in, on Florida and planning what they're now doing all these years later and, and dreaming together. Uh, and I think that those kinds of stories really make it so meaningful to me that, that the environment is such that you can, you can make mistakes. You can, it's not, it's not judgmental. It's people come at different levels of development in their understanding. Um, 
it is social in a way because we're also like-minded in the, uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't have controversies. Um, so I'd say the, the previous Florida conference was one of my favorites. And there was something also wonderful about the New Mexico conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily, I, I don't know. I, I know you said that you hadn't been to the conference, but one of the traditions that we have is that the keynote presenter is typically someone not in the field of blindness and visual impairment, but with a focus on literacy. And one of my favorite keynote presentations was in Louisville, um, a woman named Adrienne Gear, um, who came from Vancouver. And her presentation was funny and clever and very thought provoking and really related to what we were talking about in a way that um, it's very, I think some people think, oh, well, I have to know about blindness in order to do a big presentation at this conference. But what, what we were able to do with Adrian is to really have listened to what she had to say from a literacy point of view and then apply it ourselves. And of course, I cannot stop talking about keynotes without talking about a man named Brian Camborn, who we, I can't believe we did this, but we brought him from Australia to do the keynote presentation in, Van, in the Vancouver conference. And, um, and that was just, I wanted him there mm-hmm. and we just found sponsorship and he worked with us really hard to get other people who were helping to support his travel. And, but he stayed the entire conference and he went to sessions every single session and the, his presentation at the, at the beginning of the conference set the stage for what we talked about in that um, conference. So uh, the showcase presenter, I have to say that sometimes I'm disappointed because we are so busy, Janie and I are so busy at these conferences that sometimes we don't get to go to the concurrent sessions as much as we would like to because we're um, putting out fires or planning for something else. And so um, so I always love hearing other people's ideas about what their favorites were. Well, that keynote can be a really big deal, but I still, I mean, bringing somebody in from Australia, you must have been very <laughs> passionate about that speaker. Yep. <laughs> we, we have big ideas around here in outreach. And whenever they start talking about somebody from overseas, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a fortune. <laughs> so we have at times had six, eight, 10, um, foreign countries represented on on the agenda and on the program as well. And it's probably not going to be quite that much this year, but we do have some international presenters this year as well. Well, and and another conference has kind of grown out of the literacy conference. Mm -hmm. There's a tactile reading conference that uh, is done in Scandinavia. So it's been in Sweden and this year it's in Norway next week. And, um, And that really is their version of getting in touch with literacy. So it makes us feel like we're a global community. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that we have, I think some of our TSBVI staff are presenting at the Norway conference and they were disappointed that they had to do it online. Cause of course oh, they me don't want too. to. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I've heard this year is going to be the last one that as that's what I saw on Twitter. So it must be true. So <laughs> can you share what you have planned for this year? We have some things that we're thinking about. We haven't, um, haven't yet, I think, gotten to a lot of the details about maybe some of the special things that we'll do for this year. We're going to have, we have had, um, uh, over a hundred proposals for presentations. So we're going to have a really strong program like we always do. Um, we're kind of searching for that just exactly right keynote person and have some things that we're working on with that. And there will be some things that we're going to do um, to kind of honor the, the past and to uh, share some of the things that have happened along the way. And um, so I, all I can say, I guess right now is stay tuned. There are going to be some special things, but we're not quite ready to reveal the details for those yet. <laughs> we're calling this the finale. The finale. And, okay. and, and we decided to call it the finale um, just kind of to mark it. We, it's, it's not easy for Janie and I. Um, this is, that was a very, very difficult decision. Um, but um, but the, that is the plan right now is for this to be the finale. So did you, was one of your decisions to go back to Florida because you had been there before? I mean, did that play into it? Where do we want to have our last one? I don't think that was, that was it as much as the, the, the local arrangements people uh, in Florida really gave us a, a very passionate argument about coming back there. And um, so I think we actually made the decision to go back to Florida before we really finalized our decision that this would be the finale. And I know it's in December. Has it always been in December or does that move a little bit? It's pretty much always been in December. Um, there was a time uh, in Minneapolis, it was in October. And uh, there were some other times that it was in November. Um, but I will say that one of the tricks that we have used is that hotels are dying for um, conferences between Thanksgiving and Christmas, especially before Christmas really gets going. Mm -hmm. But We've been really lucky that um, most of the hotels are fully decorated by the time we get there. And um, so it feels like Christmas uh, holiday spirit. Um, but after Thanksgiving, when they have a, a low season, so we can get really good rates on hotel rooms at that time of year. Plus, it's it's kind of a nice tradition to have something. And schools are winding down to the holidays. And so it's, it's difficult. We didn't want to compete. In fact, I, I do want to make the point that fr from the beginning, we have wanted not to be in competition with any of the other great conferences. In fact, we want to be partners with them. So we'll often put information, um, registration or membership applications for CEC or AER in our, uh, our conference bags. Um, and so we didn't want a spring conference because that would often conflict and, and be in competition from a budget point of view with uh, AER and especially AER and CEC and also CTEBVI um, in the spring. <laughs> Nicely done. 
Um, so of course I have to mention COVID. You're going to be one of the first conferences that's planning in person um, after we sort of start opening up again. I know there's a couple coming up in the fall, but it's it's probably going to be the first one for a lot of people. Uh, how did you decide to make the decision to go for in person? Well, it's another one of those things that I think we've kind of lost a lot of sleep over, but we have a great group that the local arrangements group in Florida that we've been working with and just, you know, talking a lot with them and talking it through. And we've had conversations with the hotel and, you know, kind of to see what our options were with them and just kind of decided that particularly because this is the finale that we really wanted it to be something that we were able to do in person. And um, we were a little bit nervous when we sent out the call for proposals and call for papers, but we got such a great response to that, that we're excited and enthusiastic about people wanting to come and people wanting to be there in person. And, you know, I was just thinking when we were talking about when it, you know, being in November and December, the Philadelphia conference was, was after 9-11 in 2001. And it was one of the first things that kind of happened. Um, we had had annual meeting at APH, but we hadn't had a lot of things. And, you know, there was some discussion then about, was it something we should go ahead with or should we not? And, and we did decide to go ahead um, and, you know, we had made that commitment and to honor it and to go ahead and do it. And um, so I think there was kind of that little piece of history helping us think, too, about we were going to go ahead and move forward with it. And, and you know, we're still kind of holding our breath to hope that there's not another surge or something that happens. But we're we're confident that we're going to be able to go have it in person and and really celebrate the opportunity to be back at a live conference and a live event. You know that that twenty uh, that two thousand one conference. Um, it was one of our mo our best attended conferences, mm -hmm. and I, it felt like people said, "We will get on an airplane mm -hmm. again." You watch us get on an airplane because mm -hmm. we have important work to do, and I kind of feel like it's the same. It's it's the same challenge. I I won't be afraid of this. I think we've done what we need to do. We've gotten our vaccines. Um, we're ready. We've done everything that we can, and now we're going to continue on with our work, and this is how we're going to do it. And the hotel has been really, I mean, they've been open in Florida. Things have been open for a while now, and, and they did go over all of their safety protocols with us and all of the, the you know, um, accommodations and and that they've made and ways that they're making changes to how they do food service and different things like that. So they did give us a really good feeling for what they're doing and how they've addressed it and what they've done to keep people safe. Well, we have a, we have a pretty high vaccination rate here and I'm worried it's because everyone wants to go to Florida in December. <laughs> <laughs> good. Tell them, yes. It'll be the place to be. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. Join us next time for the second installment when they share a bit more about this year's event along with their perspective on literacy moving forward. Check out the description for a link to the conference website and more. As a heads up, we'll be taking a break over the summer. More on that in our next episode. From TSBBI Outreach and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time.
This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.